Seriously? No, it works. You guys are both here. Oh, this is so cool. We're actually recording the podcast right now. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Go for it. Hi, my name is Jose, and I'm... I'm Okay, I can... um, Guess the background noise. No, it's all good. You know, I usually start off with my with the little thing that I say, hey, this is another episode of the Healthy Self Podcast with Mr. Grimm or Jesse Grimm. And I've got Jose Damian Puga with me and also GJ Ramos. So you guys can say hello to the audience. Hello. Hello. Right on. Okay, so let's just jump right back into it. Um, Jose, for two different episodes, GJ and I have been connecting, reading that book, Follow My Leader. And he, he didn't know if you had read that book also with um, Lindy and uh, Julie back at PV. Did you? Uh, to be you honest, I, no. Okay, so you didn't get to read the book with them? I, well, I'm pretty sure I did. I just kind of forgot. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well... The book is about, so in chapter one, there's a boy named Jimmy. He's playing baseball and um, it goes through introducing us to all of his friends and stuff. And Jimmy's the class president. I think he, I think they're around 13 years old and Jimmy's the class president and they're just out one afternoon playing baseball and he's the pitcher. And um, this, this one kid hits the ball really far and, as one of the outfielders goes to get it, he finds a firecracker and he brings it back and they're all looking at it and they decide to light the firecracker and see how loud it, how loud the explosion is. Well, when they did that, the kid who lit the firecracker, I think it was Mike lit the firecracker and he, he threw it, but he threw it like right towards Jimmy and the firecracker blew up. And it it blew up right in Jimmy's face. And so Jimmy had to go to the hospital. And then the rest of chapter one was Jimmy has a good attitude. He's with his nurses. He's in the hospital. But his face is all bandaged up. And when the doctor comes and takes off all of his bandages, Jimmy can't see. Jimmy's blind now. Oh. Yeah. And so right at the end of chapter two, um, yeah, right at the end of here, I'll read the very last part of chapter two. The mom is finding out that Jimmy can't see. Chapter two or chapter one? Oh, sorry. Right at the end of chapter one. And so um, let's see. It says... Dr. Wallace helped Mrs. Carter to her feet. I would suggest, he said, carefully controlling the emotion his face showed, that you get in touch with the State Department of Rehabilitation. What's that? She asked blankly. That's where handicapped people receive personal guidance, he told her. They will supply a welfare worker to teach Jimmy how to get around. How can he get around if he's blind? She asked slowly. With a cane or a guide dog, Dr. Wallace explained, many blind people lead quite a normal life. He turned to Aunt Martha. 
Why don't you take your sister home and make her rest? Jimmy will sleep through till morning. Morning, Mrs. Carter repeated. There will be no morning for him. Come, Ruth. Does that make sense? There will be no Mm -hmm. morning for him? Because she's saying that he won't be able to see the sunrise, so he won't be able to tell it's morning. That's what she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, right, of course is, for us, we could kind of feel feel the heat of the sun. Totally. This mom is just in shock, though, because she's realizing what she's starting to realize the things that he's not going to be able to continue doing, I guess. I, I have a feeling that this book is going to tell more about the struggles of learning how to get around being blind. Yeah. Um, so Mrs. Carter stopped to look back at the sleeping boy. Shaking her head sadly, she said, Jimmy is entering a long, dark corridor. I wonder where it will lead him. How can he play like the other boys? He was always so active. What will his life be now? And that's the end of chapter one. So that's kind of setting the stage for the whole thing. Like, what's Mm. his life going to be like? Right? So I guess that's, that's where we go from there. Um, so do either of you guys have any questions before we start on chapter two? Yeah. Um, like how, uh, was this book actually made for, for, um, was it actually, um, I, I don't really remember if I read it or not, but it sounds familiar. Um, I, I actually don't know the history of the. Book. Oh, book it's written by a guy named james b garfield hmm. um i can read the back cover to you it says after jimmy is blinded in an accident with a firecracker he has to relearn all the things he used to know how to get dressed how to find his way around the house even how to eat um, with the help of a determined therapist he learns to read braille and use a cane. Then he's given the chance to have a guide dog. Learning to work with Leader, Leader is the name of the guide dog, is not easy, Mm. but Jimmy tries harder than he ever has before. Can Leader really give him the ability and the competence he needs? Mm. Yeah, so that's what the book is about. Wow. Uh, Let's see, GJ, did you have any questions? No. Okay. Um, well, I'll go ahead and start reading chapter two. Oh, before I do, GJ, do you still have your, were you able to find your copy? No, I wasn't. Ah, okay. Um, and Jose, you don't have a copy of this book, right? No. Okay. Cool. You guys interrupt me at any time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It makes for like a fun podcast if you guys are talking also. So it's not Mm -hmm. just me droning on. All right. Chapter two. A few days later, an orderly came in to help Jimmy get dressed. He handed Jimmy his shirt. Can you put this on or do you want me to help? Of course, I can dress myself. Jimmy took the shirt but couldn't find the armholes. Wait a minute, you've got it upside down. The orderly held the shirt while Jimmy put his arms into the sleeves and buttoned the shirt, but the buttons didn't come out even with the buttonholes. Jimmy was getting fidgety as he unbuttoned the shirt to start over. Guess you'll have to dress me, he said weakly. You can do it, the orderly said. 
Didn't you ever get up early in the morning and get dressed in the dark? Just pretend you've got your eyes shut. Jimmy stopped. His arms dropped to his sides. I don't have to pretend, he said. The orderly buttoned the first button and Jimmy went on from there. Then the orderly handed him his trousers and Jimmy started to put them on. Hold on there, the orderly said. Let's start over. You've got your right foot in the left trouser leg. <laughs> Jimmy finally got the trousers on and then his socks. Fortunately, socks have no left or right. But when it came to his shoes, he had to be told which was which. He put them on and the orderly tied the lacings for him. Miss Moore came in. How'd you like to go down to the sun parlor, Jimmy? She asked cheerfully. How can I go anywhere? Jimmy sounded very helpless. You can walk. She took his arm. Now stand up. Jimmy stood up slowly, holding the bedpost very tightly with one hand. Turn the bed loose. You're not taking it with you. Miss Moore's voice was kind but firm. That actually... <laughs> I, I feel like that's something like Lindy or Julie would have said. Okay, oh, come yeah. on, let go of that. You're not taking it with you. Come on. Right. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like something they would have said? It does. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. That's funny. Um, I can't go, Jimmy shrank back. Come on, she urged. There's nothing wrong with your feet. Just take one step. He took one step and stopped. I don't know what I'm stepping on. You're stepping on the floor, Miss Moore said quietly. Now, take another step. I'll help you. Let me alone, Jimmy protested. You can see. You don't know what it's like. There's nothing around me. I can't walk on nothing. Everything's empty. Take me back. Slide your foot forward, she encouraged. Then reach out with your other foot. The floor will be there. Jimmy walked as if he were on roller skates. But at last, he reached the sun parlor. He was sitting there when his mother came to tell him of her visit to the State Department of Rehabilitation. I met a Miss Thompson who promised to help you, she said. Help me do what? Jimmy asked. Why, anything you want to do. Can she help me go scouting? She can't help me do nothing. And Jimmy kicked the leg of his chair. Um, the scouting thing, I, I think in chapter one, they mentioned that he was a Cub Scout. And mm. in, in one of the drawings in the beginning of the book, it kind of shows him wearing like a Cub Scout hat. And Jose, do you know anything about Cub Scouts? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. GJ hadn't heard of it either. Um, it's a group of boys that uh, usually get together and they go camping and they, they do things like help the elderly and they do different service tasks. So he was part of this club, really called the cub scouts and so mm. that's what he was saying he was like oh can she help me go scouting and he was basically saying she can't help me go scouting he was he's really annoyed right now that he can't continue to do the things he used to do um okay so yeah they're talking about this lady miss thompson hmm. all right so then mom says she's anxious to meet you jimmy I told her you were captain of your baseball team and you were taking part in. Yeah, I was captain, Jimmy cut in. I couldn't even get out to the lot now after what Mike Adams did to me. That was the kid who lit the firecracker. You know he didn't do it on purpose. Well, that doesn't help me to see. I told him not to do it. His mother came over to see me, Jimmy. The boys won't let Mike play with them. 
serves him right. Miss Carter changed the subject. Miss Thompson said, you might try to get a guide dog. Dog? What's the good of a dog now? How could we play? Well, this isn't just a dog. It's a guide dog. They are trained to lead people who can't see, his mother explained. Miss Thompson will tell you all about them. Miss Moore interrupted to take Jimmy back to bed, but she did not sleep well that night. He dreamt that he was running after a dog, but as soon as he got near it, the dog took off through the air like a plane, and he followed it, running on nothing, with nothing all around him. He reached for the dog, and as it turned to look at him, he saw that it was Mike. Jimmy called, don't do it! Suddenly, Mike disappeared in a blinding, of, a blinding flash of light with a noise like a great crash of thunder, and Jimmy was falling falling with nothing to hold on to, and he screamed in terror. Then one of the nurses with, was with him, her hand on his arm. What's the matter, Jimmy? He grabbed for her hand. Catch me, he cried. Hold me. She took him into, his, into her arms. You've been having a nightmare, young man. Oh, man, nightmares are the worst. Have, oh, you guys, yeah. have you guys ever had those nightmares where you're falling? Have you ever had a dream where it feels like you're falling? I don't mm. think so. No. No. no? Oh, you're yeah. so lucky. Have oh man. Yeah. I've had weird dreams sometimes. Not that often, but I just I feel like I'm falling and I'm just falling, falling, falling. And then in my dream when I get right to where the ground is, I usually pop my eyes like I just wake up. I just wake up and I'm like, oh, it's not real. I'm just really in my bed here. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, weird. Okay, so gradually the dream faded and he was back in the hospital with the nurse giving him a soothing drink. She sat behind, beside him until he went peacefully to sleep. When his mother and Aunt Martha came to take Jimmy home the next day, they brought him an ice cream cone. While he was eating it, Aunt Martha came over to him. Jimmy, she said, I want you to try, on, try these on and see how they look. Don't, Martha, not now, Mrs. Carter said. One time as good as another, Martha answered. Hold still, Jimmy. She put a pair of glasses on him, hooking the metal loops behind his ears. What's that for, Jimmy asked. Just a pair of glasses, his mother said quietly. Glasses for me? Your eyes are not quite healed, Jimmy, Aunt Martha explained. They don't need to be bandaged, but these glasses will help keep out the dust. I bet they're dark glasses. I bet you want to hide my eyes. You mean they're ugly. The ice cream cone fell unnoticed to the floor. Here, take them. I don't want them. He snatched off the glasses. I don't need him. How can I go anywhere ever? How can I ever do anything but just sit? His mother came over and put her arms around him. We don't know, Jimmy. This is not going to be easy for any of us. She sank into a chair with her arms still around him drawing him into her lap yeah. as if he were five instead of 11. And as if he were five, Jimmy dropped his head upon her shoulder and cried. Jimmy went home in a taxi sitting between his mother and Aunt Martha. They got out of the cab in front of the house. The driver half carried, half led Jimmy up the walk to the front door. Carolyn, his nine-year-old sister, was watching them through the window. She opened the door and stood there awkwardly, not knowing what to do. 
As the cab driver turned away, Jimmy started to take a step and his toe bumped the threshold. Carolyn jumped forward and caught him as he stumbled, hugging him. Here, Jimmy, let me help you. That was all it took to restore Jimmy's self-confidence. <clears throat> Out of the way, midget. Who's helping who? Man, he said that to his sister. That was not very nice. Nope. Then his mother took him firmly by the arm and led him to his room. She helped him take off his shoes and jacket, and Jimmy lay down on his bed. The trip had been quite a strain, and he was tired. That afternoon, Carolyn came quietly to his door. Jimmy, she said softly, are you awake? Yeah, midget. What do you want? I guess he calls her midget all the time. Chuck and Art are here, she told him. Do you want to see them? I mean, do you want them to come in? So Jose, Chuck and Art were two of the baseball players that were there that day when he got injured. Oh, so basically they're, they're, they're his, his teammates? Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, Chuck was the catcher and Art was the second baseman. Oh. Um. Okay, and so Jimmy says, Aw, they don't want to see me. Jimmy sounded defiant. But that's what they came for, Carolyn said. Then why didn't they come to the hospital? The same reason I didn't. We weren't allowed. Oh, I never thought of that, Jimmy hesitated. It was lonesome in his room. Okay, midget, he said. Tell him to come on in. Jimmy heard their footsteps as they came down the hall and stopped at his door. Hi, the two boys said as they came in slowly and stood just inside the door. Jimmy turned to look in the direction of their voices as if trying to see them. Hi, he answered. Chuck made a half-hearted gesture of greeting with his hand, but stopped as he realized that Jimmy could not see him. He and Art looked at each other. They didn't know how to behave around a blind person. Chuck went to the chair beside Jimmy's bed and sat very straight. Art tiptoed quietly to a chair at the table that Jimmy used for a desk. There was an embarrassed silence. Neither of them could think of anything to say. Where are you fellows? Jimmy asked. Here, they answered in chorus. Oh, Jimmy did not know exactly where here was. Art picked up one of Jimmy's books and thumbed through it, turned toward Jimmy to make some remark about it. Jimmy's eyes, seared by the firecracker, stopped him, and he decided to say nothing about the book. Uh, is there anything I can get you, Jimmy? Chuck asked. A glass of water or something? No, thanks, said Jimmy, and the conversation died again. Carolyn came in with three glasses of lemonade and a plate of cookies on a tray. She stopped in the doorway, a feeling of shyness coming over her also. Hey, lemonade, Chuck said. She gave him a glass and offered them the cookies and then went over to serve Art. Then she stood beside Jimmy's bed, wondering what to do. Jimmy, she said timidly, here's your lemonade. Jimmy thought of the bent glass tube he used in the hospital and the way the nurses helped him. He couldn't let Carolyn help him. She was his kid's sister. He was older and always had been the boss. He swung his feet over the edge of the bed and came up to a sitting position, reaching for the glass as Carolyn extended it. Their hands almost collided. Carolyn quickly drew back 
and then reached forward and put the glass into his outstretched hand. Jimmy took it clumsily, spilling a few drops, but no one noticed. As he started to bring the glass to his lips, he tilted it a little sideways, spilling it again. Carolyn came to the rescue. Wait a minute, Jimmy. I guess I filled it too full. She steadied the glass to an upright position, guiding it as he brought it to his lips. Hey, that's good, Jimmy said, meaning both the lemonade and his achievement in drinking it. What about those cookies, he asked. Again came the awkward situation of Carolyn's getting the plate under his extended hand. Jimmy knocked a cookie off the plate as he picked up the one next to it, but no one said anything. And Carolyn, looking at the two boys in turn, stooped to pick up the cookie and slipped it into her apron pocket. She put the plate of cookies on the desk beside Art and left the room. How about another cookie, Midget? Jimmy ordered. Oh, she's gone out, said Art. I'll bring them to you. Never mind, just hand me one, Jimmy said and saved that situation. The food seemed to remove the tension. It was so much easier to talk while eating and drinking. Jimmy wanted to be brought up to date on what had happened on the playground and in the Boy Scout troop. Mike Adams hasn't been coming to the scout meetings, Art began. It's a good thing, said Jimmy. He'd better not come around me either. He's changed, Chuck said. Seems like he's gotten sort of mean. He didn't used to be. The fellows don't want to have much to do with him, Art went on, reaching for another cookie. And I don't want to talk about him, Jimmy told them. I don't want to see him ever, he added with a bitter note in his voice. But Jimmy, you'll run into him at school and places, Art reminded him. Golly, how are you going to get to school, Chuck asked, taking Jimmy's empty glass and putting it on the desk. Yeah, how? Jimmy was trying to hide his feelings. Mom was talking to some woman about getting me a guide dog. Sounds silly. Hey, I've read about those dogs, said Chuck. They lead people swell. Kids in the 4-H clubs raise them. How do you mean raise them? Art asked. Like a project? The schools where they train the dogs lend the puppies to the 4-H kids, Chuck explained. Just lend them? Art wanted to know. Yeah, the kids raise them till the dogs are old enough to train, said Chuck. Then they give them back to the school. Well, that sounds like fun, said Art. What kind of schools are they, Chuck? Oh, just schools where they teach the dogs to lead people. A dog school? Art asked. I think they teach people how to walk with the dogs, too, Chuck told him. Jimmy had been listening. I guess I'll find, I'll, guess I'll find out all about it when the woman comes and talks to me, he said. But it won't do any good. I can't just walk around with just a dog. I'll bet you can, Chuck argued. Those dogs are awful smart. They got movies about them. I don't know. Jimmy was noncommittal. I'd like to have a dog. It's going to get kind of lonesome not being able to go anywhere or do anything. You can do things, Chuck told him, trying to convince himself at the same time. Yeah, what? I don't know. Wait till the guide dog woman tells you. Chuck was also wondering. Okay, that's the end of chapter two. Oh, wow. Yeah, that went by pretty fast. Yeah. Any questions? Um, well, I just kind of, I felt 
I feel bad for him, but then at the same time, I feel like they're kind of under- understanding him more. Like, like I kind of noticed that that they're kind of learning just by by. Um, I guess because they're they kind of think. Um, well, basically, they they just they, I guess they're adapting to to the the new his new uh, um, life, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like there were some awkward conversations that they were having because they didn't really know what to say because they had never been in that situation before. Yep. Have, have you guys ever felt like you've talked with somebody and they didn't really know like how to carry on a conversation you ever feel like the conversation just kind of died kind of but i feel like for for me it was more like kind of because i did feel bad about about um like the fact that i was different but then i i realized that it's not that that like i don't feel like pained or like anything like that like kind of about my vision like like I'm more open about it like speaking about it pretty much yeah yeah I mean I met you guys when you were in ninth grade and you know in the book that I'm reading right now Jimmy just became blind so he's still like feeling like he can't do things but that wasn't how you guys were when I met you right both of you guys were just like yeah, I can do what it like. What do you want me to do? Like, let's go. Whether it was, hey, let's go run on the track. You're like, okay. Or, hey, let's go out to the garden. You're like, uh, okay, let's go play baseball. Okay. <laughs> you guys were just like ready to go. Yeah. So yeah, it's, neither... hard for, it's hard for someone to lose their, um, especially when they, when they barely like, um, like when they barely like just lost it and they don't, they, don't know what it's like yes yeah still becoming used to used to it i wonder it was kind of interesting hearing how the um i think it was the the nurse miss moore she said just just slide your foot across the floor and then the floor will still be there have you ever felt like but you guys use canes, though. So do you ever remember feeling like, or do you ever have that sensation where you feel like the floor is not there? Like, do you ever have to try to walk without your cane, like just around the house or anything? And is it scary at all? Or are you pretty comfortable everywhere you go? Uh, well, I'm pretty comfortable. I, I mean, if there was, like, something <clears throat> that would, like, like, let's say there was a step, basically, they, they would... They, someone will, will either tell me that there's a step, or, or that, that there's um, that, or I just kind of find it with my foot, basically. Okay, but that's just part of the way you do it. It's not that it's scary. That's just what you do. You just slide your foot forward and find it with your foot. Yeah, or or I would also like. If there's something in the way, like kind of a, like a little indicator where we're we're can actually, um, like a wall, for example. Uh huh. 
that's where you'd be able to tell that there's a change in the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So it's, just about five yeah i'm gonna have to go in just a minute but i wanted to ask before we before we finish off jose we hadn't checked in with you in a while um i think the last time i talked with you guys you were both up at the at the california school for the blind and you both are totally done there is that correct yes yeah i'm done okay gj you're done also yes and are are both of you guys living back in Santa Maria then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And do you guys ever get together? No, um, but Jose from Pioneer is planning on doing that someday. So. Oh, cool. You guys have talked about, because I think the last time I talked with you guys, you were doing things like, weren't you ordering food and weren't you like taking Uber rides and doing all kinds of stuff like that? Yeah. Are you still taking Uber? Mm, Well, no, not really. Okay. That was more of a Bay area Fremont thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you could do it here too, but it's because the fact that they, the fact that, that like, it's accessible and all that. It's just the fact that that they, the way they pay you sometimes, or the way, um, the fact that, because for me it was it was kind of a, like I just kind of decided to go with someone that that actually knows how to use um, the Uber, like to take the Uber, um, like basically I I kind of went when when I have, when my friends. Um, end up going to to the um wherever they want to go taking uber oh okay um now do you still talk do either of you guys still talk to anybody that went to um the csb with you yeah we actually have a a group that we a group chat or like a and basically just talk about just like more just like like tech stuff or stuff that's just, ran- just random stuff, basically. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys still have those connections. That's awesome. Yep. Well, um, when should we do, when should we get together and read chapter three? Should we try that tomorrow? Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm looking at my calendar tomorrow. Um, How about four o'clock again tomorrow? That's fine. GJ, does yeah. that work for you? Same time or? Yeah, four o'clock again. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Then um, yeah. let's go ahead and end the podcast episode. We'll hang up and I will post it. And uh, do you guys want me to send you a link to my podcast so you can listen to it? Yeah, that, that would be good. Or so uh, you can yes, share yes. it? Okay, cool. Then I will, sure. post, yeah. I will post it, and then I will uh, send you guys a link. All right. Okay. And then um, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. Cool. Sounds All right. Good. Have a good night. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. What is that? Number eight.